Okay, well, welcome to my very first full episode here at Ms. Berry. Um, I apologize, I've never made a podcast before, so this is probably going to be... <clears throat> Excuse me. A little bit sloppy. Maybe not as well organized, but I'm just going to learn as I go and hopefully... Someone will take something away from something I have to say. So I figure that the best way to start out my podcast is to just basically give you a backstory. Um, I have been a bigger person for a good part of my adult life and most of my childhood. So how this all set up was... um, as a kid, I was probably normal sized until about kindergarten. And uh, my parents didn't have good eating habits. My dad actually became disabled, so uh, he wasn't able to go out and run around and play with us or help us develop good exercise habits. My mom was not a great cook, so. When she did cook, there was a lot of foods that had fat, butter, bad carbs. There was always treats, snacks, junk in the house. And um, we pretty much had full reign to whatever we wanted. So that really kind of set me up without even knowing I was being set up to having really bad eating habits and a more lazy type of lifestyle. Now, as a kid, I did like to get outside and run around when it was warm outside. Um, But I live in Ohio. I grew up in Ohio. There's nine months out of the year where it's just crap outside. So I would stay in, read magazines, do homework. I was always a really smart, dedicated student. So as far as that goes, I developed well uh, as far as my academic career went, but my health was just not, not good. So as I got a little older, I started to realize probably around third grade that I was a lot bigger um, than the other kids. And um, I remember at 12 years old, I had, I was just getting ready to start middle school and um, I got sick real sick. And I ended up going to the doctor who did some blood work and they sent me to the ER because my white blood cell count was so high. And what ended up happening is my appendix was so inflamed that it was ready to burst. So I had to have emergency surgery. And I remember going to my follow-up appointment after my surgery with the guy who had done my, my surgery, my surgeon. And He said to me, you know, um, I don't remember the weight I was at the time, but he said, if you continue on this track, by the time you hit 20, you're going to be 300 pounds. By the time you hit 40, you're going to be 400 pounds. And um, he said, you've got to nip this in the bud now. You have to start walking two miles a day. You have to cut out all the junk food. You have to be really strict with what you're putting into your body because this is just going nowhere good. And he went on to explain to my mom that he had to go through so many layers of fat. And this was just really degrading and embarrassing to me um, being, you know, that young and hearing this sort of an outcome for myself. 
Um, so I started making changes and, uh, it was a slow going thing at first. Uh, but I did end up losing some weight and I never really got down to the goal weight that I was supposed to get to, but I think I got down to around 180, 160, 180. And, um, I stayed pretty much there throughout my junior high and in high school years. Um, I fluctuated a little, but I always stayed under 200 pounds. So I felt like, you know, I'm a size 12. Most of the kids in my class are around my size. So I'm just going to be happy with it and go with the flow. See what happens in my adult life. Because I always felt like once I'm able to do things on my own and go to the grocery store and buy my own things, um, I'll be able to better control my weight. Uh, so my senior year in high school, I started dating what was my very first serious boyfriend and, uh, right out of high school, actually in July, ended up getting pregnant. So, um, I was super excited, happy. We had our own little apartment, you know, you're setting up house, you're trying to go on with your life. I put college on the back burner for the moment and, um, gained a lot of weight because I was under the impression you're supposed to eat twice the amount, which is really not true guys, but you're supposed to eat twice the amount because you're eating for two, blah, 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 all of those things. And, and I was still in the mentality of my whole family's bigger. I'm big boned. I'm never going to be truly skinny. I had all these self-limiting beliefs that I would never be like, you know, a size, even a size eight at that time was like totally unattainable for me. So I gained about 80 pounds, I'm going to say, with her, with my daughter. Um, Now, I never actually... uh, Okay, so let me backtrack a little bit. Um, I did give birth to her, but she was stillborn. Um, So that threw me into a little bit, well, a big depression, actually. Um, And then about a month later, I found my fiance, the father of our, you know, daughter who had passed, and he was sleeping with my best friend. So in a matter of about a month, at, at 18 years old, I had lost my daughter, my boyfriend. I decided to move. I basically lost my best friend because who does that to your best friend? And um, I just got super depressed. Um, I was 250 pounds at that point, and I was just not happy with my life. I was working at a gas station um, and basically had to start all over. I had to find new friends. I had to... I don't know. I didn't have to move, but I did move because I didn't want to live with him anymore, of course. So I bought a cute little house and uh, things were starting to look up for me again. So fast forward a couple of months, I um, meet this other kid who needs, you know, a roommate, can't afford place on his own. And so uh, basically we set up this little plan where he was going to sleep on my couch. I only had a one bedroom house. So he slept on the couch and he helped me out with rent. Well, 
Uh, I didn't realize it, but uh, he was a drug dealer. Now, up until this point in my life, I hadn't even smoked pot. Like, I was a good girl. I never did anything like that. But I did start smoking pot with this kid. And I realized, oh my gosh, I feel so much better when I'm high. So then um, he introduced me to cocaine, which I totally fell in love with. I loved the way it made me numb. I love the way it made me not hungry. I lost so much weight. And I actually did get down to that size eight that I thought was so unattainable for me. And um, I don't really know how much I weighed at that point in time. I really wasn't interested in going to the doctor or getting my health checked up or anything like that. So I, I really don't know what I weighed. I'm going to assume it was probably around 100 and I don't know probably 60, 70, right in that area. Um, I'm, I'm five. Well, at that time I was five, six. Now I'm five, five. I lost an inch over the years, but, um, yeah, I'm going to guess I was right around there just judging on where I am now and what size I wear now. But, um, I, uh, was partying a lot. I was a little promiscuous and, uh, I ended up getting pregnant again. Um, and this time I decided, you know what? I did everything right last time and now I'm probably two months pregnant, didn't know it. And I'm doing all kinds of drugs. I've got to straighten my act up right now. So I immediately called, um, a high risk pregnancy doctor and got things back on track again. So this is when I was about 19, um, and I started feeling positive again. I, I got off all the drugs. I was eating right. I gave up caffeine, any kind of stimulant, anything that was artificial. I ate whole foods. I exercised. And I just mentally felt better about everything. So I gave birth to my daughter, uh, January 28th of 1998. She um, is amazing, and uh, I gained an appropriate amount of weight with her, and uh, I just, I was feeling, feeling life at that time. I felt beautiful. I felt powerful. I had overcame all of these things, and um, I was just in an amazing place mentally and physically at that point. Still not perfect weight, but I was happy with where I was, and um, I didn't let things get me down at all. And, uh, so basically I, it was just me and my daughter against the world for a long time. Me and Miranda, she was such an amazing child. She was helpful and loving and caring and smart and beautiful and just all the things you'd ever want your kid to be. And somehow I created this perfect little human and, uh, she was just amazing in every single way. And, um, so, so then, you know, my sister had eventually decided we got a bigger house and she decided that, uh, she wanted to live with me. So she lived with me and it was just, it was such a wonderful time in my life. I just remember all the laughs and the joy and the, the fun times. And I was just so in love with life. And then, um, I started dating this other guy and he was amazing and funny and he made me feel good about myself and, and I just thought things were going to line up and just be beautiful and perfect and I ended up getting pregnant with my second daughter Ariana and uh, 
At this time, I was 25. Miranda had just started kindergarten when I was getting ready to give birth to Ari. And um, found out that the guy I was dating was still married. And uh, so then, of course, I felt depressed again. And I was having a rough pregnancy this time around. Um, I had a little bit of toxemia. I was on bed rest for about six months. So, oh, gosh, those you know, pregnancy blues started to set in and I started to gain weight like crazy because I wasn't allowed to be active. I wasn't allowed to. So I just sat and watched trash TV and ate all the time. Now I I did try to eat healthy most of the time, but you know, pregnancy cravings crept in and I really, really just wanted pizza and pasta and rice and all of the things you're not really supposed to have when you already are having symptoms of toxemia anyway, but that's what I craved, so that's what I ate. It's the only form of healthy, healthy, uh, not healthy. It was the only form of self-comfort that I could come up with at the time just because I wasn't allowed to do any of the things that I would have normally done. So I tried to keep a positive mental state I know now that I wasn't in a positive mental state, um, but I did the best I could just to kind of fake it, especially for Miranda. Um, So uh, finally, I gave birth to Ariana August 31st of 2003, and uh, she was such a joy as well, just happy all the time. But at this point because of the bed rest and all of the horrible eating I was doing while I was pregnant, I was now up to about 200 and I want to say 60 or 70 pounds. So I tried everything from starving myself to um, doing crash diets, every single kind of diet pill you could, and nothing just nothing really worked. I'd lose a little bit of weight and then gain it back plus some, lose it and then gain it back plus some until I got up to 350 pounds. Now I went on Weight Watchers. I lost a hundred pounds. I felt great, but then I decided I didn't need to go to the meetings anymore. And I lost the accountability and, um, gained it all right back. And then I decided, over the years that I was going to go vegan. I was going to do vegetarian. But when I went vegan, I did feel really, really good. And I did lose 120 pounds. I actually, maybe a little more than that because I got down to about um, 215 pounds or so. And I felt awesome and I had all this energy, but then I fell off of the vegan bandwagon about after, I don't know, a year and a half and gained all that weight right back again. I became a man, member of Planet Fitness. I did these 24-hour gyms. I did everything I could, and I came up with every excuse that I could not to stick with it. Um, so over the years, I found that consistency was something that I wasn't good at. So I decided that I needed a more whole mind, body, and soul type approach to my weight loss, just to get my health back, to get back on track, to be happy, to be skinny, to be beautiful, to feel beautiful. Um, So after years of research on bariatric surgery, I decided I was going to make my first appointment with my bariatric team. 
So I did that in December of 2016. Um, I just, I couldn't deal with all of the horrible um, health conditions that I had. And it wasn't even horrible, horrible. It wasn't even like bad things. Like I didn't have heart problems, but I was pre-diabetic. Um, I was tired all the time. I was lethargic. I had sleep apnea, um, joint issues, uh, all of those like just basic things that come with carrying around an extra, I don't know what, like 200 pounds, you know, for five, six, seven, 10, 15 years, um, just over the course of my life. So that was, uh, my first, uh, like my, you know, come to Jesus meeting was December 2016. I met with my surgeon, who is Dr. John Zografakis at the Summa Health Weight Management Center. Um, and I decided to go ahead and go with him because I just felt like he was a good match for me. Um, they have other doctors that are in the program that are all wonderful, caring, amazing doctors. But Dr. Zografakis was was the one for me. He was funny. He was upfront. He was very blunt, which is something that I appreciate. I don't need things sugarcoated. I don't need someone to hold my hand. I just need him to say, wow, you're really overweight. Let's get this under control now. So um, I made all the, the... Okay, so... Back in the day, uh, the Summa Health System Weight Management Center was uh, considered a center of excellence, which means they have a very uh, comprehensive approach to bariatric surgery and weight management. And it also means that they have a very low incidence of complications and death and things coming from the bariatric surgery. So that's why I decided that was that was the place I wanted and he was the doctor I wanted. So um, they start you out by giving you um, a nutritionist and also a medical doctor who follows you through your nutrition and diet and exercise program pre-surgery. Um, that for my insurance, I had to do a six month diet and exercise program. Um, and you have to show your ability to follow the program, stick with it and actually lose consistently. They don't care how much you lose as long as it's a little bit each month during those six months. Of course, there's room for mistakes and adjustments and all that sort of thing, but they just want to see that you're following it and that you're basically trying to make the changes that you need for life. Um, they also set you up with tests. Oh my gosh, so many tests. So I had to have a psych evaluation to make sure I was a, 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 like able to make these kind of changes and adjustments to my life. Um, I had to uh, have cardiac tests, pulmonary function tests. Um, I had to go to exercise classes like not classes where you get up and do the exercises, but for them to show you the kinds of exercises you should be doing because you are so overweight, you need to be gentle on your your bones and your joints. And um, you, you, when you're that big, it's hard to get your heart rate up without uh, experiencing, you know, feeling of lightheadedness or um, feeling like you're going to die basically because you can't breathe and your heart's beating out of your chest. So they show you exercises that you can do without getting to a point where you're so miserable, you never want to do it again. Um, 
Oh gosh, I had to have a HIDA test, which tests uh, for gallstones in your gallbladder. Um, they have to do x-rays and, um, gosh, what is it called? Ultrasounds of your liver to see where you are there. And, um, they just really do a comprehensive workup of you to make sure that physically you're able to withstand the surgery and that mentally you can do what you need to do after the surgery to make it work for you. I, I have heard so many stories of people um, having the surgery and trying to make all of these life-changing, uh, things and, um, then just wrecking it afterwards, uh, by not doing what their doctor says. And that was not going to be me. I was not going to be a failure at this. I was going to do what I had to do. And I was going to make people say, wow, she really did it. She stuck with it because consistency was my thing. Remember, I, I couldn't be consistent in any part of my life at this point. Um, and I decided this, this was going to work for me. This was my last chance. So after all of the things and all of the hurdles and all of the testing and all of the education and all of the things I had to do, I ended up getting myself, uh, down to 301 pounds by the time I had my surgery on January 22nd, 2018. So December 2016 is when I made the decision to do this. And I went through an entire year, a little over a year actually, before I had my actual surgery. Um, now, day of surgery, I show up at like six in the morning, nervous as heck, but confident this is going to work and everything is going to be amazing and wonderful. And um, had the surgery, woke up after the surgery, and I just was so tired and so hungry. Oh, backtrack. Two weeks before the surgery, I had to do this horrible liquid diet. It was awful, but it was to shrink my liver. So that was hell. So basically the day of surgery, I show up and I hadn't eaten anything solid for two weeks. And God, I was so looking forward to having the surgery and healing so that way I could eat again. <laughs> what a silly thought, right? So I had the uh, gastric bypass. I had the Ruin Y, which is where they make your stomach about the size of an egg. They take out some intestine. They reroute your intestines. They do all kinds of crazy things. And the reason why I went with the surgery is because I knew that... I I just felt like I couldn't be trusted. I needed a tiny belly and I needed a surgery that was going to make me sick if I decided to eat something that I wasn't supposed to eat. So sugary foods, fatty foods, all of those things that make you and keep you fat, if you eat them, um, I would not be able to enjoy anymore. Or if I was eventually able to enjoy them, it would be a long time. And I knew this going in and that's what I decided to do. So after the surgery, um, I felt pretty good, honestly. I was so thirsty and so hungry, though. And I thought, well, what the heck? My stomach's the size of an egg, and it's all swollen. I shouldn't feel hunger at all. So I was a little disappointed, and I thought, well, geez, I thought this was supposed to make it to where, you know, I wouldn't have that crazy hunger. And uh, I still did. So um. <laughs> They don't want you to eat or drink anything until the the next day. 
um, because you have to do what's called a barium swallow test, which was awful. And if you ever have to do this, I'm sorry, but just suck it up and do it. Um, So you have to swallow this liquid that tastes like total shit. And then you have to stand in front of this like x-ray machine and the doctor has to watch the liquid go down your esophagus into your new belly and through your intestine just to make sure there's no leaks because that is one of the major, um, the the major complications. If you have a leak, you're going to have like uh, stomach acid all through your body cavity and that's, that's no good at all. So um, once you, once the doctor sees that you're all good, that everything is together the way it should be, um, then he clears you for liquids. So then you get to start the liquid part of your diet. Now, bear with me because it's been a couple of years since I went through this. So I, I think that it was probably about, uh, a week on liquids and then you can move on to thick liquids. And then it's like, soft foods and then uh there's like another phase in between the soft foods and normal foods so uh liquid clear liquids so clear liquids is like um water of course uh Gatorade you can't have anything carbonated anymore because your belly just won't tolerate it at all and it will stretch out your new pouch which is not something you want to do so no carbonation Um, Something else that they tell you is to watch for caffeine because if you get an ulcer and you're drinking caffeine on top of it, it can cause it not to heal properly and then you're in a whole nother world of problems. So no caffeine. So you can have decaffeinated coffee, you can have decaffeinated tea, you can have uh, like, uh, I believe I was allowed Pedialyte, but I don't remember for sure. You can have sugar-free popsicles. Um all that sort of thing. And then you move on to full liquids, which is like, uh, thicker things. So you can have like jello, which was amazing. I loved jello at this point in time, but of course it's sugar-free jello. You're not allowed sugar. And then you can move on to soft foods, which is things like eggs, which did not agree with me at all, but eggs have never really agreed with me very well. Um, you can have sugar-free pudding, you can have this thing that's called a ricotta bake. Oh my God. If you're having this bariatric surgery and you don't know what ricotta bake is, do yourself a favor and look up the recipe because it's amazing and it will make you feel like you just had like this totally horrible meal for you. And it's really not. Um, during this phase, you can also have things like mashed potatoes, watch your fat content because fat will make you a little bit sick if you have too much of it. So don't load it up with butter because that's not no good. Um, And also watch your salt because you can't, it's hard to get all your water in. So the things, the two things that you really have to watch right after surgery is you need to make sure you're getting in your protein, which is hard. And you need to make sure you're getting in your water, which is even harder. So for me, after surgery, before surgery, I loved water. Water was like the thing I drank all the time. I'd have a Diet Coke every once in a while, but now I can't have carbonation anymore, right? So after surgery, your, your, your cravings and your tastes change a little bit. You no longer really want sugar, especially right after surgery. It's not something that even sounds good to you. And your taste buds change. So all of those 
protein drinks that you stocked up on uh, pre-surgery so that way you were good to go after surgery you may not like anymore and I'm really sorry but the the caramel the chocolate the mocha the strawberries and cream the blueberries and all that crap boom well for me anyway did not taste good anymore I went from being someone who loved rich full flavors to just wanting something a little more simple so I my taste changed too which is really weird because I'd never been a vanilla person but I really love vanilla now it's one of my favorite flavors of all time I love vanilla protein shakes. I love sugar-free vanilla ice cream. Vanilla, vanilla, vanilla for me is where it's at now. Or before I was like totally opposite. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate person. So um, I, I knew this going in that my taste buds would probably change. So I didn't really stock up on a lot. I just had some basics at the house. Um, so I go home and I'm on this like... In between this uh, uh, clear liquid, or I'm sorry, uh, I went home on clear liquids. Then a few days later, I was able to start full liquids. And, you know, of course, during full liquids is when you start to have to really uh, try to get your protein in. So protein shakes is where it was at for me. Um, It was really, really hard because I could only take a few sips at a time before I was really full. But I would find that, you know, 20 minutes later, I wanted a few more sips. So that's how I was doing it. So I would take an hour to kind of drink like one of those little premier protein shakes. And um, then I would just sip water, sip water, sip water, sip water. Well, I hate water. (laughs) I don't like it anymore. And that was an issue for me. So I started to discover water add-ins so the things like the crystal lights the the mio's squirt in things that's what saves me still to this day two years later i don't like a lot of water like just plain water it just makes me sick i don't like it at all it hurts physically hurts my stomach so um i don't know why that is because if i put the additive in it's still water right but it for some reason doesn't hurt as much so you're not allowed to drink out of a straw, so you really have to practice sipping, 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 sipping. And they will tell you that. Um, and the reason why they don't want you to drink out of a straw, especially right after surgery, um, is because if you get too much air in your pouch, it is, and, and then you are putting fluids or solids or whatever the case may be on top of that air it is very very uncomfortable and it will probably make you throw up and throwing up after surgery is so much different than throwing up before surgery um so at first when I was at home I'm not getting that many calories in probably 300 maybe a day and then as you start to move in to different phases of your foods, you're you're adding in more calories, more calories. But at first, you're going to be very sick. You're going to be disappointed because you're still going to have hunger for the first few days. It takes a little while for that. Um, I guess they call it the honeymoon phase to kick in. Uh, I, I thought, boy, I made a mistake. I'm still having all this hunger and I can't eat anything because I'll ruin my pouch and I would have done this for nothing and I'm going to be a failure. I mean, you have all these thoughts going through your head and you've just got to like 
follow what your doctor tells you to do and everything will be fine. So eventually, once I was able to add in solid foods, things started to level out for me a little bit better. Um, I'd have a protein shake for breakfast and then a few hours later, of course, trying to get in my water because you can't, you can't, um, eat within an hour. So you, you take your last few drinks of water, then you have to wait an hour and then you can eat and then you have to wait an hour and then, uh, you can start drinking your water again. And that's just so you don't stretch out your pouch. You no longer have that valve at the bottom of your stomach that holds the food in there. Um, so when you're adding liquids to the mix, it's just flushing them right into your intestine. And that is no good either because then you're going to get hungry again and you're going to stretch out your pouch and you're going to be in a really bad situation later. So, um, the, the thing that made my recovery most horrible was the exhaustion. So the exhaustion is real guys. So I had never had exhaustion like this before in my life. The point, uh, like it was to the point where for the first couple of weeks after surgery, I would get so exhausted. I could barely stand long enough to take a shower. I would get lightheaded. I would get out of the shower and have to sit down because I just didn't have the energy to even get dressed. So I would be sitting in the bathroom, completely nude, barely have a towel wrapped around me on the toilet because I couldn't go anywhere. I was, I was too exhausted. I felt like I was going to pass out if I even tried to make it to the living room, uh, to sit on the couch. And, and that went on for a couple of weeks, like gradually, um, as I was moving through the different food stages, it did get better. Um, but luckily my daughter, my youngest daughter was homeschooled at this point and she really helped me out a lot. Bless her little heart. Um, she, she would help, she would bring me water if I needed it or a Gatorade, or she would bring me, um, a protein shake if I wanted. She, she did whatever she could to help me out. She knew I was really struggling at the time and she did such a great job. She was such a godsend to have there with me. Um, so then, um, solid foods. Oh boy. This was, this was a hard one because you're supposed to have all this protein and they want you to start phasing out the protein shakes but my pouch just was not able, I think it was probably about five or six weeks in that I was able to start having like actual uh, protein dense food, you know, the kind you chew. <laughs> so uh, I started real easy. I started with eggs that that didn't really um, do it for me. And uh, then I started with some ground meat and uh, tuna like the softer type of protein. And, um, I could just take a bite or two literally until I was full and I would stay full for hours. And, and then, um, I couldn't wait to add in chicken. And the second I was allowed, boy, I, I made this delicious, beautiful chicken meal. And I took one bite of the chicken and it, I knew immediately. I just knew I didn't even swallow it yet. I knew this is not going to work. No matter how small of a bite of chicken I took, um, no matter how long I chewed it, it always came back up. And it, that it was like that with chicken for probably a year. I was never a red meat person, but it was about the only meat that I could... Uh, the ground beef is about the only meat that I could um, handle for about the first year. And I did not like the way it tastes. And um, 
I knew I had to eat it anyway, but I just really kept my protein shakes around a lot longer than um, they thought I should. I still to this day have a protein shake, especially if I'm out and about and I know that um, my option is a protein shake or fast food. Typically, I'll try to go to a protein shake or like a meal replacement bar, like a power protein bar or um, I really, really like these ones that Detour used to make, which was um, a, it was like an oatmeal chocolate oatmeal type bar and it wasn't like it wasn't it didn't taste like a paste or like chalk or anything it was really really good and now I can't find them anymore but um highly recommend if you can find the the chocolate chip oatmeal detour protein bar they they were pretty amazing um but I find that one of those bars or one shake will fill me up for quite a while and it'll get me through whatever I'm going through um, I've also found some fast food options that work well for me, like Wendy's Chili is pretty amazing, and it keeps me full for a while. Um, I can eat like, uh, it's just been very recently that I've been able to add some bread back in, and I've really kind of been enjoying sandwiches or wraps a little bit. Now, I can't eat a whole sandwich at a time, I eat half a sandwich, Um on the rare occasion that I can get a whole sandwich in, I really regret it because, boy, am I uncomfortable for quite a while. Um, but uh, so let me backtrack a little bit. I'm sure you want to know about the weight loss, right? So at first, I wasn't losing very fast. I had been unfortunately comparing myself to some of the ladies that had had surgery on the same day or the day after me. I became good friends with a couple of those ladies and um, I was comparing myself to them and they started losing quickly right off the bat. I mean, we're talking 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds in a couple of weeks and here I am over here like doing everything I'm supposed to do and I'm only losing like half a pound in a week. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Well, when I met with my doctor, he said, you're not doing anything wrong. Everybody starts out a little bit differently. Um... So it just took some time for my body to catch up with what actually had happened. <laughs> so then about a month, uh, maybe three weeks to a month in, I started losing very quickly. Like we're talking a pound a day consistently for, um, and, and that went on for quite a while. Um, I'm going to say probably close to nine to 10 months. It was less than a year. Uh, when I went for my nine month follow-up appointment, I had already lost, um, gosh, 180 pounds. So it happened very quickly. I, I lost almost 200 pounds in the first year. So, um, by the time I was at my one year appointment, I had, I had gone from 301 at the day of surgery and I was already at 155. So my doctor told me that I already surpassed his goal for me and not to lose any more. But my BMI still said I was overweight and I did not like that. <laughs> now, something that they don't really explain to you when you have this surgery is it is possible you will not get to a normal BMI. And it's not because you're overweight. The reason is, is when you are over, if when you're that big, for that long, 
your skin stretches out. And as you lose weight, this extra skin is still on your frame. So the thing you have to understand and realize is even though the scale says you weigh 150, you've probably got 15 pounds or so of extra skin on your frame. So you have to be very, very careful when you start getting down close to like a normal, quote unquote, normal BMI is that isn't really your normal. And you don't want to lose so much weight to where you're too thin and you're too skinny and you start to feel sick and you start to feel tired again. Because that's what I did. <laughs> I I know it from experience. I continued to force myself to lose weight until I got down to about 128 pounds at my lowest. And at that point, I was so happy because of what the scale said, but I felt like total shit. I was tired. I was lethargic. I tried to work out, but I couldn't like put in the full effort to my workouts. I could barely make it through a full day at work. And I thought, what is going on? I'm like at the perfect weight. I was a size zero at the time. I hadn't even had any skin removal. Well, no, I take that back. I did have my tummy tuck at that point. And I thought, oh my gosh, like what is going on? Well, after um, realizing that my iron was real low and I did end up with an ulcer and some kidney stones and gallstones, uh, which is something that can happen, guys. When you lose weight rapidly, you get kidney stones and you get gallstones because your body is releasing those toxins, releasing everything so fast and it filters through your body and, and these things can happen. I want you to be aware. So I did end up having my gallbladder removed and, um, when, when I got my, my ulcer, um, I did put some weight back on because I was just so sick. I couldn't, I couldn't hardly move. So, um, after I healed from, from all of that, I realized, you know what? I think that my, my, a good body weight for me is between 140 and 150. So I stay in that range now. Um, I'm pretty stable. I, I can almost at this point, um, let me see, I had my surgery January 22nd of 2018 and it's now like October of two, 2020. Um, I, I've maintained uh, right around in this range for gosh, since I want to say February and I feel pretty good. I have energy to make it through the day. I can do workouts. I can... Almost, I mean, really, pretty much at this point, eat anything I want. Now, now, I I don't touch pork because it, I don't like the way it makes me feel. It's just me. I not okay with. I don't eat pork chops. I don't eat like thick pork of any kind. Now, I don't like sausage. I've never been a sausage fan anyway. But um, I do eat bacon from time to time, and I do enjoy a good BLT. Um, whether it be on a wrap or um, like half a sandwich. Uh, I I don't really like fries. Once in a while, I'll eat one or two fries, but I don't really care for them. Um, vegetables are really, really hard for me. Now, I know this sounds weird, 